the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you getting married this year? Are you still searching for the perfect spot? Or are you planning a 2024 or 2025 wedding? Go to thelegacyonpossumrun.com to see the space that Ohio couples are raving about. And when you go there, you can sign up for the vendor fair that's scheduled for October 22nd. Sign up and visit with vendors who can help you bring your ideal wedding to fruition. Plus, you'll get to see the beautifully unique space comprising the Legacy on Possum Run. So go to thelegacyonpossumrun.com now. The Legacy on Possum Run, your legacy begins here. And joining me now on the legacyonpossumrun.com phone line is Dr. Glenn Dewar. He's a professor of international studies at Cedarville University. He's been talking with media all over the country about Israel. And we're delighted to have him here with us on The Bruce Woolley Show. Uh, Dr. Dewar, welcome. How are you this morning? I'm great. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to have you. Thank you for carving out uh, time uh, to be with us this morning. You know, what we're seeing in Israel is gruesome. It's heartbreaking, um, but it's also steeped in history. And there's so much here to talk about and untangle. Uh, I just want to ask a few questions and, and kind of let you bring us up to speed on what we need to know so that when we look at our TV screens, we're, we're not only seeing what's going on today, but we have a little bit of an understanding of, of how we got here um, what can you? What would you want our listeners to understand about what we're seeing right now? Yeah, sure. There's a massive amount of history, as you've noted. I mean, we could easily go back over three thousand years and talk about contestation over the land and competing claims. In the modern era, uh, Israel has carved out for itself a, a state replete with all of the. Um, kind of amenities that go with international recognition since its independence in 1948. And in many regards, across several wars in 48, 56, 67, and 73, was really fighting for its life until it became a more powerful player in the region, uh, much more stable, and has also developed some good relationships with former Arab enemies that have become allies, uh, Egypt in 79, Jordan 94, and then the Abraham Accords in 2020 with the UAE, Bahrain, Morocco, and Sudan. And so the situation has changed. The Palestinian area is complicated because it's divided into two regions, the West Bank and Gaza. And when we look at our news, we often hear the negative news from the Middle East, but the Palestinians in the West Bank have, have really uh, worked alongside Israelis to build a much better circumstance. There's a lot of economic activity that moves between the two. There are some 140,000 Palestinians that work in Israel daily. But Gaza is a different story. Gaza is governed by a terrorist organization, Hamas, that has engaged in, frankly, just brutal ISIS-like tactics. 
And it's a non-starter with negotiations because they simply do not recognize Israel's right to exist. And it presents a very difficult backdrop wherein it's a non-starter because Israel can't negotiate with Gaza, Gaza won't negotiate with Israel, and so where do you go from there, especially in the aftermath of a brutal and heinous attack that we saw over the weekend, some 1,300 Israelis dead now, over 5,000 mortars and rockets into southern Israel, and uh, a circumstance that is going to be challenging, uh, to say the least, moving forward. So there, there's a lot, the incredible job of unpacking that uh, from the contestation over the land and competing plans and uh, scuffles and wars from, I think you said, 48, 56, 67, 73, and, and kind yeah. of where it's been built up to today. So given the fact that essentially neither side recognizes or, or wants to negotiate with the other side, um, I mean, what I see as I look even a short period, an intermediate period or long period down the road is we're in for war for quite some time. Is that is that how you see it? And is there a way to crack the code on that that prognosis? And how would you go about it? It's an important question. And uh, in all likelihood, I do see this going on for months, but it's not a foregone conclusion either. Post-1973, the Yom Kippur War, where Israel really strongly fought back against an Arab invasion, most Arabs' neighbors have not tried to go at Israel in a one-on-one kind of conventional war. What we've seen in more recent years, especially in 2006, is Hezbollah, another terrorist organization operating in southern Lebanon, opted to fire a lot of rockets and missiles into northern Israel. And that conflict lasted about three weeks. Hamas has taken on Israel from Gaza on a number of occasions from 2008, 2014, 2021. But usually these skirmishes last maybe a week, two weeks, somewhere in there. Uh, It's not the greatest of situations, but it it tends to die down. What makes this different is a very, very brazen ground attack where Gazan militants got through the border and then slaughtered some 1,300 people. But they also took a reported 100 to 150 hostages. And so for Israel, standing up for its own sovereignty, it's going to want its people back. Like any other country, it's going to want to protect its own citizens, especially when they've been kidnapped and forced into another country. And so until something is sorted out there, until those hostages return, it's going to be in a state of war, whether it's a siege of of Gaza, which is a very small territory, roughly 450 square miles. It is one of the most densely populated places on the planet. Close to two and a half million people reside there, but in a very, very small location. And so if there's some form of ground invasion that's fraught with all kinds of difficulties, but the Israeli government also wants its people back. Their families are clamoring to have their loved ones, as as we can all imagine. And so my sense is that this is going to go on for at least a few months until that issue is resolved. The thing that was stunning to me, is uh, I've gathered from watching and reading that it, this was an attack by air, land, sea, and we're hearing that there may have even been a cyber attack. So you have that data point. And then you look at 
the fact that the United States uh, freed up about $6 billion for Iran last month. And we know that Iran is uh, intimately involved with Hamas. And uh, it, it appears that Iran and, and Russia are now chummy. And then we now know that Russia and China are more than chummy. They said last year, uh, we're not we're, we're more than allies. We're like super allies. And so you start to see this kind of new axis of power, Iran, uh, China, Russia, maybe even Turkey. Is, is this the place where the uh, new powers are, are going to play out what might look like World War Three? You've made several incisive points here because uh, you're right. It's um, almost five domains of warfare, land, air, and sea, but also space and cyberspace, which makes this you know, really um, an example of modern warfare, even done by uh, a fairly rudimentary terrorist organization slash government like Hamas. And you're right, they have a lot of different allies. They have funding sources from the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps of Iran that we, the United States, have designated as a state sponsor of terrorism. And certainly there is the danger of a wider conflagration because it brings Israel and Iran into opposition with one another. And Iran has a number of proxies throughout the Middle East from Syria to southern Lebanon, uh, into Gaza and elsewhere, which makes the possibility of contagion to another location certainly feasible. Added to that, the powers behind Iran, as you mentioned, Russia, China, and there is a possibility creeping towards that. I still think we're a ways from it. There has to be kind of a spark that would connect and I don't think neither the United States nor China want to be in, in an open confrontation with one another. There's just simply so much bilateral trade that continues to go on between the two countries. But we are in a dangerous situation because there are oh, hey, much doctor, like World War One. Doctor, kind of we're, go, we're going home. to break right now. Can, can you stick with me? Hey, did you know that if you're a candidate for government employment that you don't have to join a union to get that job? And if you are a government employee that you don't have to pay the union dues if you're not in the union? It's true. Why? Because the Supreme Court said so. And in saying so, they highlighted the fact that government unions are hyper-political. That is, they spend a lot of their money on political operations. And they fund operatives, we know now, 97% of the time, that create these progressive Marxist-like policies in our government and in our schools. So the Freedom Foundation has been educating and combating that. If you go to optouttoday.com, that's optouttoday.com, you can see how simple and seamless it is to opt out of your union. You're going to save about $1,100 per year, and maybe the best part is you're going to defund the union bosses and what they're doing with your dollars that are, let's face it, against what you believe in. So thank you to the Freedom Foundation. Hey, we're back at the Bruce Woolley Show with uh, Dr. Glenn Dewar. And Dr. Dewar, sorry about that heart out there. I didn't have the radio up in my micro, uh, the sound up in my microphone here or my headphones. And uh, we got to the end of that segment. Thank you for sticking around. My pleasure. No worries. Hey, um, just to tee this up for the listeners, we talked about, I asked the question about, you know, this is, this is like air, land, sea, cyberspace. You said space. Uh, you pointed that out. Yes. 
as an example of modern warfare, and we tend to think that Hamas is like this rudimentary small operation. This wasn't a desperation Hail Mary like, hey, we need some attention. This seemed to be coordinated. So we started talking about Israel now being in conflict with, uh, conflict with Iran and how Iran and Russia and China might all be on the same team. And then you've got the United States and China. Are we, you know, is there going to be a spark that ignites World War III? And, you, and I think what you left off with is uh, you don't think that the United States or China is going to spark that conflict. Do you think, however, there are other nefarious actors that might? Certainly there are. Your history is littered with unpredictable events, uh, just like we saw over the weekend. You mentioned you know, Hamas being kind of this uh, not a rudimentary organization, and this is this is where they've been training for some time. Israeli intelligence, which is among the very best in the world, saw it, uh, continued to observe, and just didn't uh, forecast that they would try and get through the border or get over the border or through sea lanes either. And so. These are sometimes sparks that can occur that can lead to some much broader conflagration, and they can be very, very difficult to predict. And so we have to be on guard against those types of things. There does need to be uh, open communication, especially with China, to outline you know, places where you know, these are our red lines. These are some things that you know, we will stand for as the United States. But there are a range of different actors out there that are very, very unpredictable. Iran is a big one because there are significant changes in Iran right now, and yet the people are locked in under an ayatollah, under a system that uh, is not free nor fair and purports a vision of uh, Shia Islam upon them when many are now looking for other avenues. Some are becoming Christians, others are becoming much more secular and looking for changes within the society. And sometimes when a, when a government is in that type of situation, it lashes out in a strange way. We see similar things in North Korea with Kim Jong-un. Mm-hmm. So there are plenty of dangers out there. Uh, the good news is um, there are significant international mechanisms, uh, diplomacy, where usually cooler heads will prevail or figure things out. So we've got a couple of minutes here, and, and I'm going to shift a little bit, pivot to the United States. I'm going to talk later in the show about the Biden administration and how they just seem to be taken off guard, not only in Afghanistan, but now in Israel. So if if you're the United States, uh, we're drawn into Israel, right? They are an ally. They are a partner. We're, we're going to support them. I said earlier in the show um, that that the progressives will never let a crisis go to waste. So they're now going to tie additional Ukraine funding to this. So essentially, the United States will be funding two wars. Isn't China rubbing its hands together right now, planning to invade Taiwan? And and what would that mean? Yes and no. There's certainly a possibility. And with uh, General Secretary Xi being uh, basically a dictator for life now, he has specified that he would like to bring Taiwan back into China's fold by 2027. That's his vision uh, of it. Uh, Many will reject that, including myself. Um, But in some ways, the fact that he hasn't moved on them already has allowed Taiwan to look at Ukraine, learn all kinds of lessons about that, effectively turn itself into a bit of a porcupine 
that would be very, very difficult to capture, even though it's much, much smaller than China. Taiwan, for example, launched its first indigenous submarine, for example, so it has that ability to patrol its naval area. And so for China, certainly they're looking around the world, they're looking at a lack of leadership uh, to try and, uh, and strength to push back against uh, enemies of the free world. But at the same time, they do have to be cognizant of these types of situations where Taiwan could do some things that are unpredictable. Um, I've heard firsthand accounts where Taiwanese business owners, for example, will burn down chips factories rather than letting China have them upon an invasion. And so China has to really kind of meticulously weigh up what it wants to do, because if it does invade Taiwan, it, it also sends a message to many other neighboring countries, you know, look out uh, for yourself, because China may look to expand its territory into your area. And so it really does have to check itself. But as you raised, it is a real concern today. So uh, I hate to hamstring you here. You've got about a minute. If you were to identify one or two things, if you're sitting in the Oval Office, if you're Joe Biden, what do you do right now? First, we have to be much more careful when negotiating with Iran. Uh, that has simply been uh, too open under both the Obama and Biden days. And so that is a, a key one. The second is to continue moving uh, economic alignments to more friendly countries, Mexico, Canada, parts of Europe, anyone else in the world that would be willing to stand up for our types of values. Mm -hmm. We do have to think carefully about Ukraine. Uh, they are on the forefront of a very difficult situation against a neighbor that's brutally authoritarian. But there are challenges of simply writing checks ongoing. But at the same time, there is a level of support that we can provide uh, to them in order to engage with Russia. And so I think those are big issues uh, that are on the desk at the Oval Office that, that do need adjustments in each. He is uh, Dr. Glenn Dewar, and he is a professor of international studies, and he just nailed it today. Uh, Dr. Dewar, thank you for spending time with us uh, going into the weeds on uh, a very complex conflict and atrocious time in Israel, and I hope that we can have you back soon. Appreciate you having me. Have a great day. You as well, sir. Uh, hey, stay tuned to The Bruce Hooley Show. We are uh, coming up on hour number two. And uh, reminder, at 1222, Leah Brakey, she's a candidate for Worthington Schools School Board. She's going to be with us. We'll interview her. So uh, stay with us at 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor filling in for Bruce, and uh, I'll talk to you on the other side of this break. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.